number, chapter 1, and verse 
come back. It's the start of the creation narrative. And here Mark is trying to provoke that as he writes a book about Jesus, ushering in the new creation. Right up front, Mark wants us to understand that Christianity is all about Jesus Christ. It's all about a relationship with Jesus. Mark has a double point in writing his gospel. Firstly, to introduce people to Christ for the first time. So, if you've got friends, neighbours, or work colleagues who are starting to ask you questions about your day, why not bring them along on Sunday mornings as we preach tomorrow? Alternatively, you could offer to read it on the track. Because in this book, they would have a place to place the person of the Lord Jesus. Don't underestimate this gospel. Remember, it is God breathed, spirit inspired, rhythm, active, powerful, and relevant today. And if you've been a Christian for six months, or sixty years, then I hope you're excited because you too come face to face with the real Jesus. Although we weren't there in the first century Palestine, we can still meet Jesus in his world. And secondly, Mark wants to inspire people to follow Jesus. So the message for those of us who are trying to follow Jesus day by day is don't leave this book behind. It will teach us more and more how to follow Jesus. Christianity is a friendship, not a human. It's a relationship, not a real human. When we come across the Ten Commandments for the first time, we can so easily think that Christianity is about following rules. But Mark says, no. Christianity is all about a relationship with Jesus. We can so easily think we're going to church or home group or the monthly prayer meeting make us a Christian. But they no more make us a Christian than going to Starbucks makes us a Christian. It isn't about my background or how I was brought up either. Growing up in a Christian family doesn't make me a Christian. It's about a personal response to Jesus. It isn't about an experience, or a feeling, or an emotion either. It's all about my relationship with Jesus. So there. So if you feel stuck in a rut as a Christian, or feel bored with Jesus this morning, I'm a hero out of a sense of duty. May I invite you to look past the picture to the product, and to look to the person of the Lord Jesus, and follow him. So firstly, Christianity is about Jesus Christ, and secondly, Jesus Christ is good news. What is the best news you've heard? Did you get into university, like to the university of your first choice? Uh, when you found out that you were pregnant? When England won the Nationals? Or when your wife said yes, when you asked her to marry you? Well, this is by far better news. And if we question that, we must ask ourselves, we started to take Jesus for granted. The word gospel means good news. In fact, that is a complete understatement. Because Christianity is the best news in the world. The word gospel was used in two ways in the first century Israel. Firstly, it was used for public announcements, such as a hymn ascending to the throne, something that in 21st century Britain would be used much worse. And secondly, it was used in an army on a great victory. Putting these two things together, we see that this is outrageously news of the arrival of a conquering king. The king who came into this world to defeat sin and death for everything else, and 
and in Moloch Malachi, we see that God is coming to wash clean, uh, sorry, to wash us clean with the Lord of Satan. She will come to purifying judgment because God really cares about the purity of his people. And Jesus comes to purifying judgment, cleansing us from sin by his death on the cross. So if we now turn to the Edmund verses of Isaiah 40, which we have just reading, this is what they say. Comfort, comfort my people, says the Lord. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to them that her hard service has been completed. That her sin has been paid for, that she has received the Lord's gift, double for all her sins. Her voice has gone forth in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a way to our God. These verses give us the second that God will come and comfort in salvation. It's more than the comfort we get from sitting in the fireplace and on fire. It's more the comfort we get from a rescue from the helicopter coming to scoop you out of the sea and then you can carry out from the beach on a riptide. God offers that comfort salvation. We even use the word wilderness here. It's significant, which is surprising. Yes, it is something that is wild and desolate, a place where Israel can grow against God. But it's also a place, to a place where God met with his people and provided for them on their journey to the promised land. And so it symbolizes the time when they had a good relationship with God and a place for God. And when God comes in Jesus, he does both these things, curing the fire, purifying us from sin, and offering us salvation, leading us to the promised land of the new creation. Think back to the cross. Is that not exactly what is going on? That as Jesus dies for death of your sin and mine, he purifies us from the stain of sin. He pays the penalty for our sin and comforts us by offering us new life now and in Is that not the best news you can I wonder, have you ever in our Zambia? In the Old Testament, there's a pattern where the prophet or messenger speaks, and then God acts. And we see that pattern coming out again here. First the messenger, John the Baptist, and then God in the person of Jesus arrives. Mark shows us who Jesus is by taking Old Testament quotations and applying them to Jesus. I wonder if we've seen that before. These are spectacular claims, huge claims, that Jesus is the in the rest of the gospel, starting with the rest of this passage, and particularly verses 4 to 8. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by the people of Jerusalem. John wore clothing made of cow's hair with a leather belt around his waist and eight holes this was his message. After me, as the one more powerful than the straps of his sandals are not willing to stand in the I baptize you in water, and he will baptize you in the Spirit. In verse 4, we see John's people in the boxes, who has the body of the creatures. Then he goes to a fancy dress box. What sort of girl is he? 
that is good news. News that requires a response. In life, there is news that's important, that requires no response, and there's news that requires a response. Let me explain. News that meant sitting there yesterday, and I'll take the camera, requires no response. News that wildfires are spreading across Cambridge, and the wind is blowing in our direction, would definitely be news that requires a response. Just good news in Mark 1 is news that requires a response. We need to respond to Jesus, to repent and seek his forgiveness. John acknowledges that he is on Jesus is worthy and is able to bring about those commands to judge and to save us. John the Baptist didn't hide from Jesus, he doesn't ignore Jesus or try and bargain with Jesus because he's unknown. John the Baptist did. John the Baptist acknowledges who Jesus is, as he is forgiveness and service. Have we done that? Do we need to do that? John is the one who instructed him to die. He calls him to repent because he, it was that time he got ready to meet Jesus. If someone in our rector is dropping around for a cup of tea, you get ready by Tuesday night. When God is coming, you get ready by repenting. It starts with confessing your sins, turning to him and seeking his forgiveness and having your conscience cleansed. It's hard to admit that I'm worthy. It's hard to acknowledge that Jesus is the one who deserves the obedience of the world's subject. Do you know, it's always worth it because of who Jesus is. Napoleon once said, if Socrates entered the room, he would have signed up. But if Jesus entered the room, we would have been done by Jesus. Have we fully grasped who Jesus is? Have we repented of our sins? Have we truly realized who Jesus is? What have we slightly forgotten? I wonder if you remember Mr. Bean, in which Mr. Bean is part of the story of portrait. <coughs> Suddenly, he sneezes all over it. In a fit of absolute horror, he gets out his handkerchief and wipes all over the painting, trying to clean it, but to not what does he do next? He decides to try to reclaim the masterpiece. It looks completely ridiculous. It's not that it's exactly what we need mentally when it comes to the true Jesus. Just repainting so he would look so good, so he would be just repainting so he is physically like it to be like But when we go back to the masterpiece, which we see that the To look afresh at the masterpiece that Mark was in his gospel. So in conclusion, Christianity is all about Jesus Christ. The Old Testament prophets and John the Baptist teach us that we must get ready to meet him. And getting ready means humbling ourselves, seeking his forgiveness, and filling with the Holy Spirit. There is no doubt that if you're here this morning, Jesus is a part of you. Jesus might even be a friend of God.
Ja,